Welcome to the Catering Feed, the Catering Growth Podcast, a show about growing your catering business and restaurant industry trends, powered by Easy Cater. Hi, Catering Feed listeners. Welcome. This is Genevieve Babineau, your host, and I'm really excited to be here today with Allison Casey. She's the director of catering from Luke's Lobster, and she's here to talk about replicating that restaurant experience outside the four walls. Hi, Allison. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We are so happy that you're here. I'm hungry, just dreaming of a lobster roll. <laughs> I feel like I should have been fed before we started this podcast. So uh, we're really excited that you're here today. For folks who maybe aren't familiar with Luke's Lobster, can you share a little bit about the brand and, and what makes you folks so so special? Yeah, so we started in 2009 in the East Village of New York when our co-founder, what, who's from Maine, a third-generation lobsterman, was looking for a good casual lobster roll in the city. He used his family connections to start sourcing great lobster in the East Village. Uh, it was a hit, and we've since grown to 30 restaurants nationwide and a few abroad. Um, and kept that same commitment to traceable and sustainable seafood. So, you know, you're the director of catering and you've really grown this business. Can you tell us a little bit about your background before you came to Luke's Lobster? Yeah, so I actually uh, studied at George Washington University studying international affairs uh, and Arabic and had an unpaid Washington, D.C. internship and needed a paid job. And Luke's was advertising that they needed teammates who preferably loved Maine or vacation land. And so I applied and got the job. And I definitely found myself sitting uh, in the office at 3 p.m. every day, just like counting down to when I could be in the restaurant and be on my feet and talking to people. We always love to hear these stories of how people get really hooked on this industry because it's an incredible industry. And the takeaway for me from that story is that Luke's Lobster is all about hiring the right person. It seems like they can train you in other skills, but that commitment to the right hire seems to be a really core value. We definitely hire for great fits for our team, um, energetic personalities who are passionate about hospitality. We're always willing to train good people. And I think we like to think of all of our teammates, whether um, they're on the register or, you know, sweeping the floor as brand ambassadors and uh, try to make sure everyone's giving off the main hospitality that we that we have. And I think that commitment and training across the entire from hourlies all the way up to leadership to have that commitment to being an ambassador of the brand and try to recreate that experience for the customer must really come in handy as you start to think about taking that food off the premises. So early on in our brand's existence, we put a lot of weight and emphasis on to catering these pop-up events where we were either selling at festivals or maybe catering weddings. And that pop-up was a great awareness builder for our our restaurants. We had a lot of people who were first experiencing us there. And we found this kind of halo effect of people coming into the restaurant saying, oh, I tried you at this music festival, or I tried you, I tried your food truck. So all of these people were coming in into the restaurants, which was awesome. But eventually we realized, as as we started getting more interest in delivery catering, we realized that that was a much more profitable opportunity. Those events and festivals are were really great for building awareness for the brand in our first few years. But there's also a lot of variables there in terms of 
labor, and even just the logistics of setting up a pop-up festival. I've done a few of them. And I love that you said the halo effect because that same halo effect can happen anytime you're taking food off the premises because a customer that otherwise wouldn't have interacted with your product is now not only being introduced but delighted by what you do and they, they want to know what else you can do. Yeah, so we really weren't thinking of delivery catering as brand builder in those first few years the same way we were thinking of these festivals as a brand awareness builder. Um, so I think when we realized that this was, you know, all of these people were now eating lobster rolls in their in their break room or in their boardroom or at a friend's birthday party, uh, that's when we really realized we had a huge missed opportunity uh, in, in just in uh, in delivering everything on these plain trays. Uh, if if the client, you know, tossed away the promotional materials we were including including with the delivery, then they could be lobster rolls from anywhere. You know, one thing that we see here is sometimes we have food delivered every Monday and Thursday. And sometimes, you know, no matter how hard you looked, you wouldn't necessarily be able to have any idea what that brand was. You see trays and trays of food for 400 people, and yet there's no branding element. Yeah, that's been a huge focus of ours over the last two years or so. So introducing all of these new new guests um, to our brand was such a, it seemed like a missed opportunity to not have more, uh, to not have more branding on our packaging. So packaging was kind of the first step to that increased brand awareness. Packaging, I think, makes a big difference too, especially especially people like to take photos of a full tray of something like lobster rolls. So having your branding in those photos uh, makes a big difference in getting awareness on social media posts, I think, too. So was that one of the moments when you realized that branding was going to be really crucial as you grew out the delivery catering program? Definitely. Uh, That's when we really started focusing in on, well, we realized the profits were better with the delivery program and the opportunity to grow the brand awareness was just as great there as it was with the festivals. So we, yeah, we really started focusing on how do we grow this side of our business. Um, And that's also something that we have with the festivals. You have that more human interaction with every, with every guest. So when we made that pivot, we realized the, the opportunity to grow brand awareness is there, but you're losing that human interaction a little bit uh, that you have at the festivals and people are lining up and you can really um, talk to everyone one-on-one. So we had to think about how do we get that same vibe, that same great experience and human moment um, to translate over to food being delivered and dropped off into a conference room. That's a really interesting point because when when you're inside the four walls dining, you know, whether it's a manager or the server, you have all of these various hospitality touch points to do the right thing for the guests and make sure that they're happy. And while you're taking the food off premises with a festival or a pop-up, it's different because you're no longer in your own production space, but it actually still is similar in some ways from a hospitality standpoint because you can still have those various touch points with the guests. They're happening at a far quicker rate, but you're still able to control the situation versus now as you take some of that people element out of it, what are the key elements that that our listeners need to think about if they want to deliver the same level of hospitality off the premises through a delivered catering order. Yeah, so hiring great staff and, and making sure we're sending our our best, you know, top-notch brand ambassadors on every delivery catering order is really important to us, making sure 
that they're organized and can set up um, an attractive buffet display, not just unpack everything, but make sure it's, you know, you know, looks organized and neat. So I think it can be a little intimidating for employees to enter an office environment where they're not entirely comfortable. So just making sure that our staff know that these are guests just like they're in shack guests and uh, making sure they're treating them the same th- the same way they would treat someone coming up to our register. Um, so that includes, you know, walking them through all of the items they've had delivered, um, highlighting where their seafood's sourced, and, you know, being able to answer any questions about the brand and, and helping in any way they can with the, with the client's event and just making sure the staff are knowledgeable. We have a lot of listeners who are thinking about the exact same thing. They know they can offer a certain experience inside the four walls. Maybe they've dabbled in events or various versions of catering. But as someone is truly committing to a delivered catering program, what are those key elements that you think they really should consider to maintain that same level of experience outside the four walls? So we thought about it, uh, we thought about five different elements as kind of our main goals and and ways we could transform uh, a simple drop-off delivery order into more of our restaurant's experience. Um, So those things were packaging, staff, service, marketing, and loyalty programs. Those are all really crucial elements of a lot of different programs, but I think Again, as you were thinking about what's going to happen when this is no longer in our control, those various elements suddenly continue the story of the brand even when you're no longer in that building. Definitely. So with packaging, you know, you kind of said that you went from having a bunch of unlabeled trays that didn't really say anything about Luke's. How did you make that step towards um, more packaged and branded? Yeah, so we wanted the logo to be visible um, behind the product. We know that a lot of people like to take pictures of a big spread of food. It's a really tantalizing image when you have a lot of lobster rolls laid out um, in front of you. So we made sure the logo was visible in that shot. And it's been great for getting more um, like Instagram and social media content. We're seeing a lot of pictures uh, of the food before um, that weren't necessarily tagged with Luke's lobster. But now that logo is in those photos. Versus sometimes someone might have a logo on the outside, but then once you kind of unbox your meal, suddenly it's just reduced to the menu item and you can't tell necessarily who that logo is. So that's a really interesting component. So branding uh, is a key piece of your packaging approach. What other marketing opportunities do you see to make sure that brand is represented through collateral or menus or bounce backs or coupons? What are you doing to make sure that your marketing story is perpetuated even after you leave? With any of these delivery drop-offs, you are going to have be introducing your product to new guests who've never tried your product before. Um, So any promotional materials you can include with those deliveries um, to not just make sure your guests know where the food's coming from, but where to go to to get it again, whether that includes flyers for new menu items, really anything you're promoting in your restaurant should be promoted at your catering drop-offs too. Um, So new menu items or upcoming promotions and bounce backs are awesome if you you can do bounce backs. and a great way to track to see see whether the catering orders are really increasing brand awareness and driving restaurant traffic. And you can actually see that return. Yeah, which is so helpful. Bounce backs are really important because you're getting that incremental traffic visit, right? And so 
you have a loyalty program inside the four walls. How important is that to find a way to incentivize your customers, whether they're dine-in or catering? Yeah, I mean, these people are spending a lot of money on their corporate card. They they want to be rewarded in personal ways uh, for the time they're spending planning um, these great events. And I don't think anyone can blame them for that. So for us, we do have a loyalty program in our shacks, and we realized it wasn't necessarily going to work for catering orders. Um, but we had to think about what we wanted to incentivize behavior-wise with our clients, and that was order frequency. We wanted to avoid our customers thinking of us as that niche one-time summer party order or someone once ordered us for a Jaws watch party. We want people to think of our brand more often than once a year, so we wanted to drive catering order frequency. So um, we adopted our in-store loyalty program to to better suit our catering needs, and that was a gift card with every three catering orders, and that gift card value would increase as our client's average order went up. I love that you weren't just trying to find a silver bullet, that you didn't just say, this is what works for in-store, so this is going to be what works for catering. I think to test and track and figure out what are the true behaviors that you're trying to evoke and then create a program with various tiers to accomplish that behavior is really important. Well, since since adding the branded packaging, the loyalty program, and adding an increased focus on delivery hospitality, um, we've increased our year-over-year growth to 44% year-over-year. From 2018 to 2019, we've been averaging 44% year-over-year growth. In catering. In catering. That's incredible. Which is much higher than our restaurant year-over-year growth. Um, So it's definitely helping the brand as a whole. Um, And we aren't doing too many things differently other than implementing these new steps of service for our staff Um, adding more branding to our packaging and to the whole experience, and then adding on this loyalty program. Sometimes it's just that simple. Like you already have that commitment to great food integrity, and so then how are you hiring right, training right, setting them up so that they can replicate that experience, and then doing the right thing for the customer? It sounds pretty simple, but I think it sounds like if people can follow these five key elements that you considered, they can evaluate whether branding is speaking on their behalf in the boardroom, as you say. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Allison. We're very grateful that you were able to share your advice today. And thanks to Luke Lobster for sharing insight on how to replicate that restaurant experience outside the four walls. Grateful for your insight. Thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed hearing our episode today, you are going to love our Catering Growth Conference, Cater Up. Join us in San Diego, April 22nd to 24th to learn from experts and connect with your peers in the catering industry. Go to caterup2020.com to register. Thanks for listening to the Catering Feed, powered by Easy Cater.